This is a trigger warning. We do talk about death and bereavement in this podcast, which may be upsetting to some listeners. Welcome to Faith on the Frontline. Faith on the Frontline is a podcast series focused on providing insight into the real life stories faced by everyday people and the ways in which their faith helped them to overcome the life hurdles that they faced. In this series, we'll be talking about a host of subjects. These will range from coping with debt and the rising cost of living crisis, parenting young people in particular, given societal pressures, through to having an open and honest conversation about mental health or even dealing with death and loss. This six-part series will talk about real-life personal experiences with real-life women who will share how their faith helped them through the battles. Our mission here at Faith on the Front Line is to share some of the personal stories of how others have overcome real challenges that many people still face today. And by having these conversations, we hope that you too can find faith in your battles. My name is Ola Rugbu. I'm a mother, a businesswoman, a mentor, and I've been through many of my own battles from facing my own mortality, having successfully gone through a treatment for cancer, through to going through a divorce and bringing up teenage children as a single parent. And I'm your host for Faith on the Frontline. In this episode, we're going to be talking about a subject that for many people is regarded as taboo, death, and specifically the loss of a loved one. I was faced with my own mortality as a result of a diagnosis for myeloma. My children were faced with the very real possibility of losing their mother, which was difficult and a really frightening time for them. Others have actually lost one of their own loved ones. And there is also a perception in some cultures that grief is hidden and you maintain a stiff upper lip. But there's also an additional perception that as a Christian, that you may grieve, but it's different because you will see your, your, your loved one again. And often people refer to 1 Thessalonians 4.13, where Paul talks about brothers and sisters. We do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. But when Paul talks about this, you may not grieve as others do. That doesn't take away from the reality that you have experienced grief due to the loss of a loved one. And there is a pain associated with that grief. So today I'm going to talk to everyone who's going through grief, regardless of who or where you are. And I'm pleased to have with us Paula Ayinkan, who's been through a whirlwind of a year. She's a new wife, new mother, in addition to a, an affiliate marketing manager. She's a business leader. She's also passionate about Christ and is rediscovering her journey and really wants to share that experience with everybody. And in addition, Paula has also experienced the loss of her father, and she'll be talking about her experience of that loss and how her faith has helped her to deal with that grief. So welcome, Paula. So just to start us off, or before we start, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? 
Yeah, of course. I feel like you summed it up so nicely. Um, and thank you for having me on the podcast as well. I do really appreciate it and hope I can share some valuable insights and just a bit more about my experience. So like you said, my name is Paula. I'm a newlywed, a new mother as well. A lot has happened in the space of a year, as you know, Onu. And I, I'm currently on maternity leave, but I do work as an affiliate marketing manager at a, co- a cosmetics company. I've been in digital marketing now I'd say almost I think near in six years so it's been a while but I've also been quite interested in business um I have my own business I've started a few different businesses and I'm just really passionate about kind of living a life that you enjoy because I feel like you only get one life and actually I think probably I have this view because of the loss of my dad but not to get into that just yet but I just feel like life is short and you should do the things that you enjoy which is why I'm very passionate about having my own businesses so yeah that's me (laughs) no that's fantastic Paul and thank you and you're right you only have one life and Mm -hmm. life is short and you know I really agree that you have to make the best of what you can within this life Mm -hmm. so great thank you for that introduction so I, I'd, I'd like to really start to dig in here. So a few things really compared to the pain of losing someone you love. So can you share what happened with our listeners? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. Um, so I think with losing my dad, it was definitely unexpected, but there was kind of like a build up to it as well so he passed away in 2018 but two years prior 2016 he had like a brain hemorrhage and even that it was completely unexpected the day before my sister called me to tell me he was in hospital I spoke to him on the phone he was just his normal self we had our normal conversation and then the next thing early hours of the morning I got a call to say that he was in hospital um and even at that time I don't think I really had registered just how serious the situation was when he had the brain hemorrhage so I was actually in France at the time working as an English language assistant so I wasn't even in the UK when I got the call and then the next day I think it really sunk in more that oh this is quite serious and my mum called me and said can I come home as well and I think that also kind of like imprinted the seriousness of the situation into like my mind so I came home and yeah like I think because no one in my family especially our immediate family had ever been in a serious like medical condition before so I didn't really know what to expect I thought maybe it'll be like a couple weeks and then he'll be back and out and so when someone told me it would be like oh no like a minimum of three months I thought oh wow like that it was a shock to me I wasn't expecting him to be in hospital for so long and also I think just not knowing really what a brain hemorrhage was, not experiencing it with anybody before and not really understanding like the severity of the situation. So it was all a real shock. And funnily enough, during that time, despite like each thing helping me to realise how serious the situation was, I never doubted that he would just come back and be himself. Even though there was like, situations where the doctors would come because he had to have like a few operations on his brain as well and the doctors would come and say like you know there's a risk that this could leave him disabled or a risk that he might not come back from this surgery like quite serious surgery that he had not at one point did I ever feel like he wasn't going to come back and be himself if that makes sense 
And that's not to say that I wasn't scared or I didn't feel anxious or anything like that. It just, I feel like when I look back on the whole situation in reflection, it's more like that was the peace of God in that situation. And I feel like that's one of the most tangible examples of a peace that surpasses all understanding in my life that I can share. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely how it was during that time. Like, it wasn't an easy period at all. I feel like it was just so stressful especially for my mum because obviously this is her life partner my mum and my dad they got married when they were quite young my mum was 21 my dad was 25 so they'd literally been together like almost their whole adult lives so this was completely unexpected so yeah so he had the brain hemorrhage like I said I didn't have any doubt that he was going to come back to himself it was a real process. One of my prayers during that time was like, God, I just pray that he will walk out of this hospital without any aid, without anything like that. And to God be the glory, he actually did. Like after um, going through the whole rehabilitation process, physiotherapy, all of that, he walked out of the hospital himself, mm -hmm. despite everything that happened. I don't really want to go too deep into the detail of uh, just everything because I'll be here all day. But it was a really serious situation. And then over those two years, he really like recovered and he was getting more back to himself. He used to always say like he could talk for England even before that, uh, the brain hemorrhage happened. But after it was as if like he was just talking so much more he completely came back to himself and also like he had a tracheostomy at one point which is like a breathing tube just to show the severity of it and even when they took the tracheostomy out usually they ease people back onto solid foods because of the length of time he had it on for but he was able to have like a normal meal right away and again that was like another testimony in the situation that his recovery was just so rapid and miraculous and even if you heard some of the stories he shared after having the brain hemorrhage and coming back he was just like so on fire for god and just telling everyone about it like just everything and it, it was just so nice after like such a major life-changing event to have him back and to see him progress and to gradually get back to where he was um so when he passed away that night he went to um, life group. He was very good with being consistent at stuff. Like he'd been going to life group for years. Mm. So he went to life group as he usually does. He came back. Um, I think that night as well, I had just, I'd been interviewing for a new role. So that same day before he went to life group, they'd got back to me to say that I got the job. So we were all excited and happy. And then he went to life group, came back. He used to go to bed a lot earlier than the rest of us and so he went to bed and he was like good night family and that was like that was it and then once I went to bed I just remember like waking up and it was just like a lot of frantic voices my mum was saying like get called, get like there was just so much going on but I was woken up in the middle of the night just from like there was a lot of frantic voices a lot going on and then I got out of bed and went to my mum and dad's room and my older sister was there they were on the phone to the ambulance like there was just so much going on like it was all a shock because obviously when you wake up to that as well it's like what's going on and you're just like thrown into it so they were on the phone to the ambulance my sister was doing chest compressions like we that's what they were advising us to do and we were taking it in turns obviously we were all like crying like what's going on whilst also trying to do these chest compressions and then finally the first responders came out 
and they kind of took over it's all that night honestly it feels like a bit of a blur but the first responders came in they had to do the et is it like the clear the chest thing um so they did that and yeah like after they came obviously they did as much as they could but it was like no he's not coming back and yeah that was kind of it and I remember um, the I don't know what you call them the people that come and get the body they came as well and I remember I think my mum had called some people as well just to say what was going on so we had some like family friends around as well like and they were crying and I just remember thinking I mean maybe it's not the nicest thought but I just thought to myself why are you crying like because I just felt like this is my dad like why are you crying that was just the thought that came into my head Mm. and I guess I don't know like it just felt so bizarre like everything that had happened leading up to that point and then I feel like you just kind of have this weird feeling of just kind of like emptiness I couldn't really process what had happened because and it was so intense as well because it wasn't like oh I don't know, you know, when you get a call to hear that somebody's passed away or something like that, like we were really there. Like it was like we were actually trying to do the stuff that they tell you to do in these kind of situations. And it was just so much. And then also for it to happen. And bear in mind, like throughout that time, obviously you're praying because I feel like in these situations, what else can you do? So it's like you're praying whilst you're doing chest compressions and you're literally begging God, like, God, please just let him come back. Don't let this happen. Like, that's how it it was. And then when it's like your prayer didn't get answered, you can't even really explain it because, you know, when you've got a strong faith yeah. and it's like you pray and a lot of the time God always answers your prayers or maybe mm-hmm. it's like he doesn't answer it at that time, but something better happens or just something like that. And I think this was like the first time where it was really like, wow, m- my prayer just didn't get answered at this point. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it was just surreal. I don't even know what next mm-hmm. to say. Like yeah. it was just, it was so intense of a situation and obviously as somebody that you love dearly and you would never expect this to happen and then I remember the next day like a lot of people just came around again trying to show support but my feelings were just like why is everyone here Mm. because in that time I know obviously after the time you reflect Mm. and you're like yeah it's nice that everyone came to support and all of that Mm. but I think in that time it just felt to me like why is everyone here because the next day when the house was full of people Mm. no one was saying anything it's like we were all just there and just sat in silence and it just felt like why is everyone here Mm. to me that's kind of what was going through my mind and like I said even though I felt God didn't answer my prayer in that moment. I never felt like, oh, God doesn't exist or anything like that. Obviously, I still had my faith and stuff. But I still, at the end of that first day after he had died, I remember me and my sisters were in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, oh, it's nice everyone's praying and stuff. And it's all great, but it's not going to bring my dad back. That's how I felt. 
yeah yeah and, and I think that's just the truth that's my real raw feeling at that time yeah and and that's a really good point Paula so given that you talked about the fact that your dad had been you know unwell and gone through the, you know, the treatment initially and God had stepped in and helped him mm-hmm. do you feel a sense of anger towards God because he'd helped your dad all through those other times and mm-hmm. do you feel did you ever come to that point where you felt angry because you felt that God had let you down did that emotion ever occur um honestly when I reflect I don't think I ever felt anger towards Mm. God Mm. because my I guess my mindset is always that I know that things happen for a reason and I don't think it was an anger it was more a feeling of I just don't understand I don't understand why this has happened like I didn't feel angry like oh God you took my dad away I just felt like why didn't you answer my prayer or why did he die like and I thought like why did he go through that brain hemorrhage and like fully recover and then just to die like I didn't I didn't get it Mm. so I wouldn't say it was an anger I feel like it was more a feeling of like confusion and not understanding Mm. and I think that kind of led me to realize as well that when it comes to God like we don't have all the answers Mm. and there's no way to ever fully understand why things happen and that's I've come to a point where I just kind of accept the fact that Mm. it it may not make sense to me but that's because we as human beings we can't understand God completely because he's God do you know what I mean so that's kind of where I was I, I don't feel like I've ever felt anger and I feel like in that time despite like I said not feeling like my prayer was answered when it came to like my dad not dying I felt like um we still leaned on God in that time like because you still need God in that time to be able to overcome the feelings that are involved with like loss and stuff like that and just to not not to push them down as well like I feel like you you have to go through those emotions and even though like you lean on God and God is part of the process it doesn't mean you can't feel sad or upset that that person is not there or or like you can't you can't be angry like even though I don't feel angry maybe some people do feel angry and I don't think there's anything wrong with having that anger or having that feeling of confusion or frustration or disappointment because they're real human emotions and I think it's important to go through that when you're grieving somebody of course and 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 you're right you talk about the whole range of emotions and important to go through that grief so would you said you know they often talk about the the various stages of grief and the initial shock to the not knowing how to feel did you go through those changes in in that order or was it just a whole melee or medley of different emotions that you're experiencing at the same time um I think to be honest I don't know like all the actual stages of grief or or what order they happen in but um I know like people have the anger and like things like that the sadness the realization and I think like with me personally it was like a mixture of emotions that just happen at different times so there might be a feeling of like okay this day I'm feeling really sad I'm crying I'm upset I'm confused and then the next day it's like okay well everything happens for a reason I know that at least we got him back for those two years but then later that day you're feeling sad again and 
I feel like it was just a mixture of different feelings mm. and a lot of up and down. Mm. And I think aside from like, you know, having my faith and stuff like that, I do feel blessed that um, my family were quite close, like my immediate family. So at least we also had each other throughout that time. And we were able to like talk about our feelings. If one of us was upset, then obviously we just shared it. And yeah, it was just at least we had the support system of each other as well. I think that's quite important. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, having that support system is really, really key. And mm. that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. So it's great that you had your family um, there and that you could talk through those emotions and those mm. feelings. Did you lean on any other support or was there any other support available to you? And if so, what kind of support did you tap into? Um, honestly, I'm not even too sure. I'm trying to think because it was almost five years ago now. And I think there was a lot of support more, I'd say, like, for my mum. Mm. She joined like, Christian Widows. Mm. Um, somebody referred her to that. So I think mm. that helped her a lot as well. Mm. Um, and I think for me personally, I can't really remember joining any group specifically. But at that time, I was like um, part of life group. I'm still part of life group mm. now, but obviously having a baby, it's like you can't do things the way you used to. Mm. Um, but like my life group, I'd say, was really supportive. And I think also my friends, there wasn't, I didn't actively seek any kind of um, mm. outside support. So I don't. I don't know. I couldn't advise on what is there, but I know that there is a lot of support for like widows and mm. um, things and young people as well. Because when my dad died, my younger sister, I think she was like 16 doing her GCSEs. So she's mm. quite young um, at that time. And I'm sure like the school would have provided support. Mm. And I think with these kind of things, it's hard because I don't think people actively come to you to say, oh, you should do this. Oh, we do this for people like you because they don't know. So you do kind of need to look for it yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think if you don't look for it, then you probably won't know about it. But I do think that there is support out there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think even aside from like, I guess, seeking support specifically for like bereavement, mm -hmm. um, that I I think everyone should do counselling. I mean, this is even something I, I'm saying to myself because it's not something I've actively done. But I think counselling is quite important because it, it allows you a space to actually just talk about your feelings to somebody who is not biased and mm -hmm. they don't really, they don't have um, an emotional involvement in the situation you're talking about. So mm -hmm. I think counselling is quite important, especially when you've been through such major like life things and death is a major life thing so yeah absolutely okay and it's and it's a really really good point Paula that some people when they go through their grief they feel that they have to do it all by themselves mm -hmm. but you you're talking about the importance of you had your family around you you mm -hmm. had your friends and also tapping into external support system where they're yeah. and really recognizing that you don't have to do this by yourself and in a yeah. on your faith which was crucial for you mm -hmm. yeah a hundred percent and even church I didn't even mention that but I feel like church I mean life group is part of church anyway but I think church um depending on the church you go to but obviously with our church they're quite good with these things they have like bereavement courses and stuff like that as well of course absolutely and for those people who are listening and don't 
go to church. Can you just explain a little bit about what life groups are? Oh, um, yeah. So that would be really useful for them. Yeah. yeah, of course. I feel like I always just say life group as if everybody yeah. knows <laughs> what it is. Yeah. But I'd say life group is basically just like a small group within our church. So basically, obviously, you've got the big church. And then within that, mm. they've got like um, smaller groups of people that meet up. So some life groups are like um, based on area. So people in a certain area of Peterborough, they meet up. But my life group is um, I joined them because it was like a young adults life group. Mm. Um, so within young adults, they break us into smaller groups. So those that's essentially what life group is, just a group of people meeting up at church. No, fantastic. Thank you for that, Paula. And thank you for explaining that, which is great. So again, just in terms of so we talked about, you know, the support systems that you had and leaning on God, but and again, we also talked about some of the range of emotions that you you experience having gone through this. Mm. But one of the things that we note is that grief is not just limited to the, to the emotional elements, but there's also a physical element as well. So was there any sort of physical reactions that you experienced having gone through mm. you know, the loss of your father? Um, I don't think I went through anything um, physically. I know some people like maybe... Because I think with me, I didn't physically go through things, but I did notice, like, um, maybe it was harder to fall asleep because you're just thinking about what's happened Mm. and that kind of thing. And I did notice with my mum as well more that she kind of wasn't eating as much. Mm. Um, And she just... um, And I can understand why. Like, I feel like my dad going that's literally her life partner like I just Mm. I can understand why it would really massively massively impact her and they were really close as well like they bounced ideas off of each other they like I said they got married when she was like 21 that's Mm. it's so young um and he was 24 25 Mm. so they're so young and he died when he was just five almost five years ago now so he would have been 53 when he died so at that point they were married almost 30 years Mm. um and I think she went through things more in terms of like the physical side Mm. than I did so like they're not eating they're not really sleeping but the thing is all of that like I wouldn't I wouldn't even be concerned if that happened after somebody lost someone because it's understandable like Mm. you can't eat because you're not thinking about food you're not thinking about oh I'm hungry and sometimes you're not even hungry because it's just you're just thinking about what you've been through what's happened like how can this person be gone because with death I think that's when you realize it's like so this person is like gone it's not like they've just moved to another country and you might see them in a year or two it's like they're just gone you know so and I think also um around that time we were all having a lot of dreams about my dad um because I guess he was like really on the forefront of our mind as well and I I think I guess that is a physical thing but I I think it's more of like a I don't know if mental would be included in physical because that's what I would class a dream as more like a mental thing I wasn't I don't think there was anything specifically physical for me per se but definitely my mum 
No, thank you for that, Paula. So in terms of, you know, again, in terms of the emotion, and you talked quite a bit about that. And again, for somebody going through this, something similar in terms of what you've experienced, Mm -hmm. do those emotions, you know, do you get to a point where you start to heal? At what point does that pain stop or does it never go away? Or at what point does the intensity of that pain Mm -hmm. subside? I think that's such a hard question Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like it really ever goes like it's such I feel like grief is is such a weird thing because like you said you'll never forget that person Mm. and you never stop feeling sad that they're not there um I don't feel like there's a specific point that I can pinpoint and say like yeah after two weeks after three months you'll be fine because the way I see it I think it's more like you don't ever really get over that loss you just grow as a person and your life just carries on so I saw like a good analogy of this like um it was a picture so I'll try and describe the picture but basically like grief is like let's say a ball inside of a jam jar and like the jam jar is your life at the time of losing somebody but then as you grow as you progress like that ball is still the same size but maybe like your life gets bigger so like instead of it being in a jam jar it's like now a paint can or something which is significantly bigger than a jam jar but the ball is still the same size do you know what I mean so like the grief is still the same but because life has like carried on you've got new experiences you've got new um things happening in life like you you will be happy and you'll overcome that feeling slightly but it's still there do you know what I mean like even now like with all of this stuff that's happened in my life in the past year like getting married having a baby I always think I think even more so now than in like some of the past years I think to myself like I would just love to see what my dad would be like with my baby like I would love to know like how my husband and my dad would get on like I think that quite a lot because sometimes like when I see my husband the way he is I think oh like that's something my dad would do like I feel like you guys would really get on I wish that you knew him do you know and I think that will always happen like as I have more kids I'll still think the same thing like and I guess even as my kids grow up and I see more of what their personality is like maybe one of them might behave similarly to my dad and I'll think oh like yeah that's something my dad would do so I don't think it ever really grows I think you kind of just like carry on with life but that's still there yeah of course absolutely that's a really really good analogy Paula so just just again in in terms of summary so what advice would you give to someone going through bereavement so if you were to again just looking at somebody who is just going through this newly or even it does it doesn't even need to be newly but just going through this and you were to share some words of wisdom what would that be Mm -hmm. um I think firstly I honestly would recommend getting counseling I I didn't get it at the time but I think as I've gotten older and just as I've progressed in life and done different things I see the benefits of counseling across the board like because sometimes you can suppress feelings so much and they come out in another way like later on down the line even if Mm. it is a few years later Mm. so it's important to actually deal with those feelings and emotions at the time of going through the grief I don't think you should try and suppress it um and I think being somebody like of Nigerian background a lot of people came and although it's like they're coming like with goodwill and they're like oh you have 
to be strong for your mum. You have to be strong for your sister. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think that's the worst piece of advice you can give to somebody that's grieving. Yeah. Like, I just can't express it enough. And it's not being done in a malicious way. But I think telling people to be strong when they're going through something hard is is it's just a horrible thing to do. I think the advice should actually be like, you need to express how you feel. If you feel sad, it's okay to feel sad. If you feel angry, it's okay to feel angry. And you need to go through those emotions so that you can come out of the other side. Um, so that would honestly be my advice. I like, don't try and be strong if you don't feel strong. Mm-hmm. Like, don't try and do something that you don't feel. Just be honest about how you're feeling. If you're feeling sad, that's okay. If you're feeling angry, it's okay. Just going back, you know, certainly in terms of the black community and you know, when you go through this, there is this feeling that you have to be strong. Mm-hmm. And, and you make a really good point that actually you've got to show your emotions and yeah. feel. So I'd, I'd just like to explore that a little bit more with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I completely agree. I think when it comes to things like counselling and even just expressing your emotions in the mm. black community, it can be like very taboo. And actually to even go a bit deeper, sometimes like as a black woman, there's this whole strong, independent black woman thing. And sometimes you don't want to show your weakness or or your vulnerability because you're meant to be strong and independent. But I don't think having emotion it shows you as weak. If yeah. in fact sometimes expressing that vulnerability is a strength. So I think it's really important that when you're going through grief, when you're going through hard times, that we are just open about expressing how we feel, whether it's a taboo in the black community or not. I think sometimes we need to just take the situation as it is and just be real like if you're sad you're sad if you're happy you're happy if you're down you're down and there's nothing wrong with feeling that way especially when it comes to grief absolutely that is that is so important have those conversations we speak to the black community as well yeah it's a taboo and it's hiding behind the family really about not showing vulnerabilities to the wider public Mm -hmm. and actually by talking it means that people are getting the right level of help that they need Mm-hmm. rather than suffering alone when people suffer alone it hurts them in terms of their mental health and so again you've made a really good point there not mm-hmm. just in terms of talking not just in terms of getting support and also in terms of leaning on god and your faith through this period so yeah sure that you're utilizing all of those and leaning on every single one of those in order to get you through and help get you through this grief and i think that's yeah. a really important message that we have to impress upon mm-hmm. everybody and also specifically people within the black community a hundred percent I couldn't agree more and I think you kind of have to remember as well that life does go on like you need to still live your life and I think for me one thing that helps me still live my life and um, keep pushing forward with my dreams is that I know that's what my dad would want my dad wouldn't want me to just be locked up in my room not doing anything like he always used to say oh I'm gonna do great things so that pushes me more okay my dad he said that I would do great things let me be proactive let me try and do great things let me try and live my life to the fullest so it's not like something I, I would regret and I know that it's something that he would be proud of yeah 
Absolutely. That is absolutely fantastic, Paula, and really, really good insight there. So certainly in terms of the counselling and just express yourself, don't bottle it up and Mm -hmm. just live your life. As you say, you know that your dad wanted the best for you and just really, really looking at that and and just going out and just experiencing life. And and Mm -hmm. for me, it's making an impact and you know certainly in terms of what I'm seeing and all the things that you're doing so far you're certainly making that impact so I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your experience and I know that's going to be of real value to somebody who's going through what you've already been through thank Thank you you so much and I appreciate it honestly I, I think it's good to to speak about these kind of things and not hold it in because the thing with death is that literally everyone is going to experience it in their lifetime um, and it's not something that is openly discussed. So I appreciate you um, even creating this platform to talk about these tough topics and thanks for inviting me on. Thank you to Paula Ayinkan. The soundtrack is by Jemmy Nwadike. It's called Our God is Good. You can find her music on Spotify. If you would like to access resources on any of the themes discussed during this podcast series, go to our website, which is www.faithotfl.com. That's www.faithotfl.com. Thank you for listening and we look forward to you joining us on our next podcast.